Andrew? Okay, I was muted. My apologies, I was muted. It was me. So I was waving, and shouting and screaming, but no one could hear me. That was quite enjoyable for a second, actually, mate. <laughs> Normally it's a total opposite. Excellent. Thank you. Yeah. Welcome to everyone as well. Uh, hello to everyone watching the show for the first time. Welcome. And for those of you that obviously are regular viewers to the show, um, you'll, you'll understand the format. Myself and Amit running through kind of real life scenarios. Um, and we've been a bit of a, a HubSpot journey. Um, I think it, it, it makes sense that uh, it's all orange this week, right? So uh, we're broadcasting from a different location. Usually you see, uh, see us uh, differently. So uh, I know your comfort levels are not quite there, Amit. No, I've been, I've been, I don't know, very kind of comfortable with, uh, with, with my home setup and, uh, and actually standing up, I've been doing a lot of you know, working, um, you know, literally just standing up, I've, I've barely kind of sat down for the last sort of two or three months. So, uh, yeah, it's all very different being in the office and, you know, sitting at a desk and, and all of that kind of stuff, but, but it's good to be back. I mean, it's, it's nice. It's, it feels yeah. good to be, you know, in the office and kind of, you know, having, have a, having a few of us around as well, which is, which is very cool. That's it, yeah. And I don't know if you noticed, uh, we've got a beautiful background here done by one of our uh, guys, Neha. She worked really hard on this. So we've got the digital grocery, you can see you've got the orange. And this actually looks fake, I think, uh, over my left shoulder, but it's real. So that's, uh, that is a window and that's, uh, that's a beautiful view of uh, Barsha, uh, Barsha Heights. So, um, so uh, yeah, just to just get, the, get the ball rolling. So I guess, uh, what, what are we talking about today, Emma? Yeah, so, um, you know, today, today I, the focus is going to be on sort of content marketing, uh, content distribution, uh, but essentially, you know, just, just the kind of power of content in general. Um, you know, it's, it's funny, we've been obviously talking about content for years and years, pretty much in every meeting that we have, but yeah. um, I, I guess, you know, from our perspective, I, we, we've really kind of seen how this has um, really impacted our business, I'd say, in the last three or four yeah. months as well. So, you know, I think it's such an important topic. It's definitely worth, uh, you know, giving it the attention it deserves. Um, and yeah, pretty excited about the show today. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. I think, um, I, I think of the time that we are, I think content is even more important. I think we'll take a bit of a dig into that, but um, uh, we haven't got a lot many slides to show you guys today. So we, we tend to either bounce off slides or bounce off polls. And then uh, if you've got any questions during the show, just obviously, you know, ask a question, ask away. We're happy to, uh, we try to make it as interactive as we can. But what we did want to, um, what we did want to show you is almost like a rundown. So what are the, the kind of key things we're going to show, talk about today, just to give you an idea of what's to come. Cool. And, um, and yeah, like magic, it just appears. So, so basically, um, yeah, we'll, we'll be kind of talking about uh, sort of content marketing in general. Um, I think one of the you know, data and, and theory is, is obviously very important. So uh, we'll be, we'll be uh, talking about this, uh, this little thing called ZMOP, which is up on the screen. Um, and I think we'll be talking about the different sort of market, uh, content marketing options. You know, so if you're thinking of, of you know, launching your own sort of content market strategy, then, um, you know, what, what kind of options are available uh, from a kind of content distribution perspective. So again, once content's created, what do you do with it? Where does it go? Uh, how do you get people to see your content? Um, and I think the bit that I'm excited about is telling a bit more about our story, Andrew. I think that'd be, yes, that'd be fun. Yeah. 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 And, and then finally, um, you know, really kind of measurement and ROI, which is, which is I think hugely important for marketers um, to really kind of be able to demonstrate that, you know, 
the con you know the content that they're creating has has an actual impact on the business from perhaps you know a revenue perspective and and but these these kind of things can get measured right so yeah yeah definitely yeah 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 i mean i think i think that's a i think that's an important thing so we want to do we definitely wanted to share our story and, and the success associated to that but then we're going to show you right at the end here um actually you know what what is the value of producing some of this content um because as amit's you know previously spoken about i do like to talk um but uh but is is usually i'd like to think a reason behind it um most of the time anyway so uh so i think that's that's it so i mean um i let should we start on zmot kind of talk a bit about sure. you know, what uh you know i mean oh actually let's take a step back i mean so i'd say why at the moment do you think you know having content is, is so important um right now you know, it, right now so i mean we've we've kind of been on a content journey or an inbound content marketing journey for the last seven years but why do you why do you feel that it has even more importance at the moment i think just because um a lot of people are in in a state of flux at the moment they're not really sure what's going on around them um and so any kind of content i think which is kind of designed to help people i think is is really having a kind of you know positive impact um you know not just in from a kind of content visibility perspective um but just an overall you know i don't know you know just just an overall kind of provider of support yeah. right you yeah. know where you know i think all of us you know if we're not sure about something, we, we perhaps, you know, turn to Google. Um, and, um, and, and a lot of this sort of content at the moment is, is super helpful to people. So, so I think right now, again, you know, rather than kind of sales pitchy type content, having content that's informative and helpful, I think is a way to, is a way to go. But, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think yeah. also, you know, the lack of, uh, the lack of just human interaction, human contact, um, is almost removing some of that research from other people as well. So typically you may, you know, when you're investigating a product service brand or whatever, you'd, you'd obviously like to hear personal stories or, or, you know, at least somebody that has, has worked with a company or worked with X, Y, Z. And, and obviously now a lot of that's missing. You can't just turn to the person next to you in the booth or, or you know, when you're out uh, socializing. So I think there's even more now, uh, you know, an opportunity for people to, as you said, to research, jump online, jump on Google. Um, some some people have time as well. <laughs> so people have a lot of time on their hands now. Um, and obviously, I think uh, the, the usage of online devices and uh, mobiles has, has kind of increased, uh, you know, because we're spending our whole time on here. Our, our meetings are virtual. Everything is here. So that, that comfort level just kind of turns to spot. And we touched upon this, I think, Amit, a few weeks ago when we spoke about e-commerce you know, and how obviously some people have just seen e-commerce for the first time. So yeah, I'd say and right now at the, at the moment, content is, is kind of super, super important, right? Um, and as you mentioned, the type of content is important. Yeah, yeah. So I think, look, let's, let's I think, you know, you, you mentioned, and we both sort of spoke about Zima earlier, but let's go into yeah. Zima because I, I really think um, for me, Zima was one of the well, best piece of content that I used and, and, you know, to really sort of contextualize what content marketing okay. was and the yeah. role that it plays today. Um, but yeah, I mean, so do you want to kind of talk people through, through Zima, Andrew, what it stands yeah, for definitely. and, and yeah. 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 I think it really, um, so, so, I mean, Zima is one of those gems that, um, that obviously we discovered, um, and, and then we spoke about a lot and we do speak about it a lot. We've spoken about it in presentations. We've spoken about it 
in meetings. Um, and ZMOP basically stands for zero moment of truth. Um, so Forrester and uh, Google did a study on, you know, the, the kind of percentage of, of, of the things that you investigate research prior to making a buying decision. Okay. So instead of just kind of going out impulse purchase, we're not talking about that. We're talking about, you know, a buying decision in a very business sense or, or in a personal sense as well. Um, so, I mean, the study a few years back, um, at the time it was 70% of your research is done, um, until that kind of moment when you make a decision to, to decide. And we've spoken about this in the past where you may even be at the point of purchase and you're still researching, you're still kind of looking for perhaps a better price or a better deal or a different type of product that does the same thing. Um, so, so effectively, obviously in that, in that Google space, people go to Google to look for products or services and essentially you know, what, what is kind of hand in hand with Zemo is the, the, the mantra that Google is no longer a search engine. It's now an answers engine. So yeah. we don't ask Google, um, you know, hotel Dubai. We ask Google, where's the best place to stay for a family and a beach hotel in Dubai. Right. Sure. Um, you're asking more specific questions, right? Yeah, but I think I think just on that Zmart point as well. So so basically, about 70 percent mark is you know where people have done research, um, and they're going to obviously Google, like you said, the search engine. You know they're, they're yeah. kind of doing all of this research, going onto different pieces of, uh, referring to different pieces of content on on various websites. They get to that seventy percent point, which is that moment they make themselves visible to you know, the potential companies that they're going to work yeah. with, right? Yeah. Or, the, or the company they're going to potentially buy from. And, yes. and I think in, in real terms, I think this is where people uh, tend to walk into a showroom. Uh, this is where people perhaps fill out a form online. Fill out a form, um, yeah. Right? It's, it's that visibility point, right? Where, where yeah. now, um, you know, they've done enough research where they feel comfortable, but, you know, and they've perhaps shortlisted now, you know, potential vendors or suppliers. And that's yeah. the point where they start that engagement. And I think, I think that's a very kind of key point. So, um, you know, obviously we've, you know, this, this piece of research and, I, and the reason I think we still refer to it today is, is just very valuable because it really helps us to kind of understand what's going on behind the scenes, right? Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. It's very rare that we speak to somebody now who is totally uneducated about our product or our service. Mm. Um, you know, no matter what kind of business we're offering, right? There's, there's yes. people are really invested in that kind of research process. Perhaps they don't even realize they're doing it because it's it's almost like second nature now, right? Hmm. Um, but, but but they are been creating mental shortlists, fair, uh, you know, educating themselves, and um, and I think that whole kind of self education uh, self education piece I think is hugely important when we're when we're talking about sort of content marketing as well, especially in that kind of B two B scenario, but also B two C, right? So, yeah. you know, I think it's I think it's very rare now that you know somebody walks into a car showroom having perhaps not watched, you know, a number of maybe YouTube yeah, videos, yeah. right? Read read reviews from from actual you know owners of that car or people that have kind yeah. of you know driven those cars, and um, yeah, and I think this is where it gets really interesting, but. But going back to the point I made earlier, this research is now nearly 10 years old. Yes. And, yeah, yeah. And, and, if you, and if you look at it, you know, at that point, so 10 years ago, Google and Forrester said, look, most people now are 70% of their kind of way through that purchasing decision before they make themselves visible. Yeah. I mean, what, what do you think that figure actually looks like today? Because I don't think it's 70%. I think, no, I mean, I look think, at how I think it was early 90s right they were talking about the fact that i mean you know it, it's up it's up there i mean uh, because it was just a hockey stick at that point 
people are more connected. There, there's obviously, um, then there's now a lot of companies that, that obviously understand that, that individuals are researching and they want to provide that information to them. So, so that itself by people producing more content, uh, valuable content, obviously, um, has increased that, you know, dramatically. So even if you look at search terms in Google, how, how that has changed, if you look at things like Siri, Alexa, Google Home, you know, where we, we just ask a question um, and we get the answer. So we're, we're kind of changing our whole style um, to be more conversational anyway. Um, and, and frankly, the, the, you know, search engine results have, have got better as well. Right. Um, you know, it, it, it's, it's rare, I guess, now where you sit there and type in four or five different searches um, to, to get, you know, the right result. Um, <clears throat> they're working very hard to make sure that, that they're delivering that result based on your research. Because they have to, because I mean, at the end of the day, you know, Google does have competition, albeit, you know, maybe not a dominant one. But they, you know, the one thing Google are petrified of is, um, is that people stop using the search engine because, you know, the yeah. amount of revenue that's still attributed to those sponsored clicks and things like that mm. is just huge, right? Yeah. And so, you know, Google's, Google's objective is still very much to kind of deliver the best quality answers to those questions that are being asked, right? Yes. Um, yeah. But, but I think, I think it's, you know, Zemot is very kind of interesting. I think, you know, once companies sort of start to relate it back to their industries, I mean, if you imagine, uh, you know, for example, hotels, right? You mentioned hotels earlier. Yeah. That, that, at what point does a hotel now typically know that, you know, a guest is in the, in the, in the market for a room, right? Mm. It's, mm. it's typically after they've made the booking, right? Because of things yeah. like, you know, uh, online travel agencies, you know, your booking.coms and your hotel.coms and your Expedia. Yeah. You know, now people are kind of doing that journey. They're researching, and um, and actually, the hotels are only finding out afterwards, right? It's after the fact. Okay, this person's mm. now made a booking, and they've got no kind of insights, perhaps, into that whole research process. Um, you know, but I but I feel as if um, you know, if if companies really kind of start to use Zmod properly, it's it's that point of understanding. Okay, look, we know people are engaging in content. Okay, they're out there researching. They're doing their homework. You know, people, you know, they're doing their due diligence, you know, whatever you want to call it. But the reality is, where are they doing that research, right? And for a company, I'd, I'd say, again, B2B and B2C, if you have enough good quality content in the digital space so that people can find, uh, find your content when they're in that research phase, I think that is really the ultimate goal of content marketing for for a lot of kind of yeah. brands and businesses right yeah and I, and I think that's hugely important so you know it's not just about okay we know people are researching but where yeah. is it they're researching you know if they're not researching in our house that means they're yes. potentially researching somewhere else somewhere and, else, and i think yeah. one yeah yeah and one of the other benefits to this is um is not just okay cool we're doing research using our content but that also gives companies a, an opportunity to guide that thought process right hmm. educate exactly. them better you get on them at the, the start of the journey right right and, and there's a big sort of psychological uh, play here because you know if, if i'm being educated by uh, you know a specific brand right for example someone comes onto the nexus website you know we have 250 different articles that are kind of designed to help right now if people are kind of educating themselves using our content the great thing is is by the time they speak to us right if we are one of those companies that they shortlist um we've actually helped educate them, right? And now yeah. the things that we say are going to kind of resonate and relate 
to what their thinking is because we've been guiding that thinking. And I think, I think this is, this is really important. Um, so yeah, cool. So look, I think, I think, you know, we've, we've kind of exhausted Zmot in terms of, (laughs) you know, in terms of this, this part of the show, but you know, I think when we're talking about content as well, um, I think it's good to kind of look at the different sort of content options and and perhaps we can, we can, um, let's, let's launch a poll and let's kind of see what kind of content, um, or how invested people are in sort of content marketing. So let me just launch this guys. So two parts to this. The first question is on a scale of one to 10 and we're saying 10 being the most, how invested are you in your company in, uh, in content creation and content marketing? So guys, if you can just um, choose that. So are you kind of one to three, which is not very invested within content marketing, four to six? Um, slightly in- I'm not sure if the polling's working, Amit. We may have a bit yes. of a gremlin in the uh, system. Oh, oh, hold on. It was just, uh, yeah. So it was just, uh, okay. there might have been a gremlin in the system, but it was just, uh, obviously it's pushed through now. So if you scroll down as well, um, as you start to scroll down, you can see the different options. So we've got at the top there, as Amit mentioned, part one is, you know, one to three, 10 being obviously, you know, you're, you're smashing it. You're, you're kind of all singing, all dancing content champion. Um, and then uh, obviously one, you're pretty much doing nothing. Uh, perhaps you've got an email signature. That's your content. <laughs> sure. um, okay, cool. And as you scroll down, uh, so if you get the results in, Amit, should we share them? I do, yeah. Let me just, uh, let me just share those. And again, pretty interesting. So, yeah, I mean, it, a very well, obviously, a very, very even split here yeah. in terms of uh, companies who are kind of in, invested in this approach or not. And um, and I think from those who are uh, invested in this, blogs is 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 great. Number one. Um, yeah. And I mean, that's interesting. The explainer video side of things. Okay. Yes. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's I mean, it's something that we we are something that we love. So um, yeah, it's great to see. Okay. Awesome. Thanks, guys. So, yeah, I mean, I think obviously with, with that kind of, you know, content that, that's um, there, sometimes people obviously just naturally move to a blog, right? So we're saying, you know, kind of when we're looking for things and we want people to answer, um, but that isn't your only option, right? Um, as we've seen, you know, you've got, you've got a whole raft of, uh, of content on how, uh, how you want to just kind of dissect it and promote it, right? Um, from from kind of you know blogs explainer videos podcasts interesting no one did podcasts that's interesting yeah and i think i think yeah i mean so so i think it's worth exploring these more so you know if we're looking at um you know for example if we look at if we look at blogs you know there's there's a lot of yeah. type of you know you know there's, there's a vast amount of content you can create but i think from a kind of you know informative thought leadership perspective um you know i think blogs are are, are super valuable you know google love that kind of content as well. Yeah. And, and so, you know, it's, it ticks, you know, many different boxes, you know, if you're creating sort of, you know, regular flow of sort of quality content, I guess. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. And also I mean, then, people can, yeah. people can interact differently. Remember, so they may actually, their journey may start with you through a blog, but actually you may go and move into an explainer video or something like this, like a web series or a webinar. I mean, it doesn't mean that you have to kind of focus in one area. You can kind of mix it up a bit. But as you said, obviously, as a starting point, Google loves blogs, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, one of the best, uh, one of the best kind of stories out there from a kind of blog perspective comes from, um, from a guy called Marcus Sheridan. And I think we've yeah. mentioned him on the show a couple of times before. Um, we should get him on. We should get him on, actually. Not so, sure what his yeah. fee is now, though. 
<laughs> yeah. But but this guy, this guy essentially, uh, if we go back maybe ten years now, right? So if we look at yeah. well, even even longer, but oh eight, oh nine, he uh, he was a uh, he calls himself a pool guy, right? And he, right. he basically had a very kind of small um, swimming pool business that was based out of uh, Virginia, yeah. uh, Richmond, Virginia, and um, basically, you know, recession here, you know, obviously, you know, the banking and financial crisis hit the U.S. And all of a sudden, everyone who'd ordered the swimming pool was cancelling, right? They're asking for deposits back. Um, you know, his business just essentially sort of fell off a cliff. And, um, and instead of firing his sales guys, what he basically did is he decided that his kind of solution to this and to get out of the mess that the business was in was to just create content. And, um, and what he's done is basically, uh, you know, over that, over that period, is they, they just answered every possible question uh, that their customers had asked. So I think the process that they went through, and this is always a great process, you know, if you guys are ever stuck on, you know, what kind of content you should be creating from a blog perspective, um, his process was, okay, look, sales, sales team, make a list now of every single question that you guys have been asked by a potential customer during the sales process, you know, for as far back as you can remember. And it literally ended up with a massive list of questions. And then what they did is they tackled that collectively and basically answered each one of those questions uh, in the form of a blog article, right? And essentially what they realized is very quickly that Google loved that content because people were typing yeah. in, you know, how much is a, how much is a fiberglass pool cost? And nobody and, and was that's mentioned. A good, that's a good point, Amit. It, a lot of it was price driven, right? Right. And no one was talking people, about yeah. pricing. Exactly. You know, because people, people are doing that research. When they're researching, they're not just looking about quality, you know, quality and things like that. They want to know how much something's going to cost, right? Exactly. And, and, and so, you know, he tackled all of those kinds of questions, you know, how much does this type of pool cost and that type of pool cost. But basically, because Google, Google was stuffed of that information because nobody globally was prepared mm -hmm. to answer those questions, whereas his articles tackled that head on. And so in a very kind of short space of time, what, what happened is, uh, you know, all of his articles were ranking at, you know, at the top of Google. Um, yeah. People coming on there, they were learning, they were self-educating, they were going through that whole process. And, and those people who were then ready to kind of order trusted this brand because why these guys were the only ones who were prepared to answer a question nobody else was. Yeah, and again, exactly. they were doing their research, you know, on the Riverpool's website as opposed to a competitor website. And um, and it's funny we we saw uh, we saw Marcus about six months ago, and and yes. that that one article, the how much does a fiberglass pool cost, is generated over six million dollars of revenue now. Yeah, one yeah, one blog article, crazy. One blog article, and and again, you know, we'll and we'll talk about the measurement and kind of ROI and those things, but but I mean that's just you know that's significant, and I think if you know, and I think that's probably one of the challenges as to maybe you know the people who aren't perhaps blogging is because yeah. how do you draw that straight line between an article and actually the money it generates, right? Um, yeah. You know, I think that's, that's been in the past pretty difficult to do, but, you know, and then like I said, we'll, we'll touch on that a little bit later. Yeah, but, and also yeah. The, 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 the longevity of this content. So, you know, I think, um, you know, the, the fact is that when you are producing this content, you may be producing it in, you know, now around a subject or a topic um, that's relevant today, but that will still carry its relevancy through the years. So, I mean, one of the very first uh, websites that we, uh, you know, sorry, blogs that we wrote was how much does the website cost? Um, you know, it was probably the first, one of the first pieces of content that went out. Obviously that's still on our site. It's been updated, 
um, and adjusted, obviously. Um, but 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 you know, there's it's still got legs. So yeah. so whatever you kind of invest, um, and I think in the past you've kind of phrased kind of compound marketing, um, whatever you've kind of invested in, um, you, you've got to look at the lifetime value of that content. Um, as yeah. opposed to, I put a blog up, okay, I'm waiting, I'm waiting, I'm waiting. It's not about that. It's creating, you know, good quality content, as you mentioned, answering people's questions um, and making sure that Google falls in love with you effectively, right? Okay. Yeah, cool. I mean, it's exactly that. I think, Andrew, look, none of the audience uh, create podcasts. Why don't we talk about that? Because I think that's yeah. perhaps, you know, there's no point in sort of educating people who already know about stuff, but maybe, maybe podcasts kind of, you know, people are interested in that kind of content. Um, I mean, you're, you're the right guy to answer that because you've been podcasting for years over here. Um, yeah. But what, yeah, what's your, what's your kind of, um, you know, what would be your advice and why would podcasting be a good, uh, you know, potential content piece for businesses? Yeah. Um, look, I think as we mentioned, you know, from a Google perspective, obviously um, that blog is, 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 is driving a lot of that initial inquiry, that initial traffic. Um, but it's, from a from a podcast perspective, there's a couple of there's a couple of things to consider. First and foremost, um, some people just don't like reading, <laughs> right? So the fact is, they may want to want to read uh, read through an article. Um, they may not have the time. They may be busy bouncing from each other. Um, and people, you know, like to listen to things. So we started well, we started podcasting. Well, actually, we had a radio show. Then we started podcasting nearly, uh, I'd say, kind of want to say four or five years ago. Um, and it's, it's, it's kind of, you know, regular different, uh, podcasts that we're putting out across different topics. It's actually, uh, different from what we do here. Um, we recently launched a network called Podaholics as well, uh, where we're hosting various shows. And I think the nice thing about podcasting is that the barrier to entry now is so low. So if you download a, an app called anchor, for example, um, you can pretty much just off your phone sit in a room, as long as it's a quiet room, you've either got your headphones or your Bluetooth in and start podcasting. And by that, I mean literally just talking about a topic. And that can be with a friend, it could be with a co-host, or you could be talking about, you know, something relevant to you. Um, the important thing is to, to choose it either from a you know, business perspective that's relevant to your business or a personal perspective. So any one of those questions that um, we've spoken about, so how much does a website cost? And that could easily be put into a podcast, right? So, you know, a five minute, 10 minute, 20 minute, 40 minute digestible podcast. The other interesting thing is here that the podcast community is growing substantially. So from that anchor uh, app, for example, it will distribute your, your podcast across the known networks. So like Spotify, Deezer, uh, Apple Music, uh, you know, Google Podcasts automatically. So automatically this gets distributed for you um, and you can also embed this on your site as well. So depending on how people are listening or finding you, they may find you just directly through um, the podcast network or they may actually come to your website and decide to listen on the site as well. Okay. So I think, yeah. I was gonna say, so I mean, you know, you talk about the barrier to entry being very low and Anchor you know, is, is, is a great tip there for people I think who, who, who are interested in kind of learning yeah. more. You know, when, when I kind of envision a podcast, you kind of, and, and guess we had the setup ourselves, right? With these big microphones yes. and, and, you know, this kind of. Yes, that's right. Mixing complicated kind of, yeah, right. So people don't need that now is what you're saying. 
No, no. I mean, I think the thing is that um, so interestingly enough, there's a whole community that's exploded in the in the US and Europe where you know uh, a, a really popular kind of mic setup is called Yeti. So they actually have a podcast setup, so you can go on Amazon and buy a podcast setup, and that has your mic, your mixer. Um, but if you're kind of starting out, you really can straight after this uh, this show, um, literally do do a podcast. Um, get it out there and, and kind of start to do it. And again, with any kind of content, it's just about the consistency. So it's about, you know, no matter what you get caught up doing, make sure that you're kind of regularly putting out that podcast, even if it's once a month or once a week or, or whatever, that you've got some consistency associated to it and you're adding value, right? So that's the other thing is any kind of content that we're putting out there, there should be value to somebody, right? Um, but I think what's interesting as well is because obviously, you know, the more and more people are discovering podcasts, um, you, you're, you're finding more people listening to in the car. So when you're driving, um, at home of an evening, obviously with the rise of audible and the books as well, people are becoming more comfortable to digest content, you know, all through audio. Um, sure. so again, it's about giving people that, that choice. I mean, most of the podcasting that we do as well is filmed. Uh, similar to this and then put up on YouTube because believe it or not a lot of people love watching podcasts and listening to them at the same time um, so they speak see you know see people's facial expressions and and interacting with um, the audience and interacting with with co-hosts as well um, so yeah I mean I think um, it, it's it's one of those ones interestingly enough that that I think people do think that it is going to work it's going to be an investment um, it's going to be complicated I have to you know learn new things no it, it, it's pretty much uh, pretty much nowadays like there's an app for that right um, you know that then that, that, there's an app for yeah. podcasting um, so yeah if you if you have thought about that in the past I definitely encourage you to explore that avenue yeah I think it's great I think that's great advice guys I'm just going to uh, throw it out there so look if you've got any questions related to the topic today um, you know please send it through so you can either use the, the chat function or the Q&A function um, but yeah, just, just send, send whatever questions you have. If you want us to kind of focus on a specific area of, of content marketing, feel free to, to, uh, to do that as well. I think actually what, one of the things that I, I think is, um, you know, is interesting and look, podcasts I absolutely love, but video, right. And, and I want to almost talk mm -hmm. about, um, again, touching on the point that very few people like to read, which devastates me personally, by the way, right? Because I love to write. So, um, so yeah, that, that kind of really, really hurts. But, um, but I get it, right? I said some people, some people don't like to read. Some people don't like to read. Okay. But, uh, but I, guess, I guess what it is, is, you know, video plays a big part of that as well, right? And, um, yeah. you know, so, so again, let's, let's talk about the, you know, the video piece. Um, you know, how, how, you know, how can people sort of, you know, leverage video today again i think it's it's super simple um to to start looking at video there are there's a couple of different ways that we've leveraged video so i think um i think uh, let's let's touch upon that now i know we were kind of going to tell our story towards the end but i mean this i think it's valuable now so you know a video can be different things all right so in all honesty this is a video so we do this uh, digital growth show. We've been doing it now for a few months. Um, once it's, it's finished, it's edited by the team and then it's put up um, to be you know, watched later, right? So you can watch it later. Um, we get a lot of views post-show as well. Um, and it obviously gets distributed up on YouTube. So this is a video. Um, there's obviously the animated explainer videos that some people have mentioned that they're doing as well. Um, but in all honesty, um, 
we've been using something called Vidyard as well. So what we've done, for example, is if we want to show somebody a walkthrough um, for HubSpot, for example, so we're a diamond partner of HubSpot and we've been speaking about that over the last couple of weeks and obviously they're heavily involved in the, you know, effectively founding the movement of content and inbound marketing. Um, we use something called Vidyard. So Vidyard will use your uh, camera again on, um, on, uh, on, on your, your Mac and basically you can walk through while you're moving something on the screen you can talk through. So again, an explainer video um free so vidyard is free it's it's not uh, it's not anything that you have to consider and invest in again um but just it's something that that you know you can you can use to your own advantage and also i mean this so you know what i what i started doing uh, recently is i started doing video pieces to linkedin so on the linkedin platform so we've obviously spoken about web and where you can start to distribute this content i think we're coming to that um, but from a video perspective, um, interestingly enough, one of the first things that I purchased on e-commerce during the lockdown was one of the light rings, um, just purely for, uh, you know, making sure that my beard was glistening uh, when I was actually making my recordings. But a uh, great little setup, again, minimal investment, 100 dirhams, and you've got this, this light ring, uh, a pod, uh, a kind of tripod that you can sit your, sit your camera on and a little kind of 20 dirham clicker that you can automate the, the recording. Uh, again, the, the um, software is built into LinkedIn or you can download some other bits of software if you wanna do some editing, but it's, it's getting to camera straight away. So I think the, even if you don't wanna be on camera, you can still do explainer videos. You can actually do through the iPhone and through, um, through Android as well. You have the ability to do screen record. So uh, we showed you, for example, a few videos on how to use the HubSpot app. So if you were using the HubSpot app, doing a bit of a walkthrough again, that didn't have anyone's face, it just had audio. So I think uh, it, it's, it's you know, really about what, understanding what you wanna talk about um, and then realizing that it can, those videos can, can present themselves in different formats. Um, and it's also about, you know, repurposing some of that content. So our digital um, uh, growth show, we've, the team are now pulling out digital shorts. So our discussion typically lasts anywhere up to 40 minutes. We've had some that crossed over the hour, um, but we're pulling out bite-sized chunks and we're putting that up as, as well as like shorts. Or, or, or reviews or, or, or obviously a bit of con conclusion or summary. So I think you don't necessarily have to produce you know, studio quality uh, videos for, for people to enjoy them, right? No, I think, I think that's an important point. I mean, a lot of these kind of videos today are authentic because they haven't, or feel more authentic and more genuine because they haven't got you know, high production value, I guess. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, we I, definitely so, yeah. haven't been in here in makeup today. You may have been in here, but I definitely haven't been in here. <laughs> let's, let's not let's not go there, mate. Um, so yeah, <laughs> look, but I, I think I think it's important. I think the um, you know again, so much of this comes down to comfort, right? And and people's yes. own sort of comfort with different different types of content. And um, you know, and I guess I guess the only way to kind of overcome some of these you know fears or, or you know concerns that we have is sometimes just tackling it head on. No. And I kind of love the fact that, you know, cost is no longer a big sort of barrier to, you know, be able to do this now, right? And like you said, you know, through, through mobile phones, you can now record, you know, really good quality video. Um, and, and I think people really kind of, you know, do digest that. And I mean, you were telling me about, you know, simple, simple LinkedIn posts that had thousands of views, yeah. just purely because people, people like watching it, right? And perhaps, you know, not reading, you know, for, 
you know, for a few minutes because people's time is valuable. So, no, I, 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 get, I get that point. Um, let's, I think we'll, we'll talk about distribution, but I've, I mean, let, I'll tell you what, let's tackle we distribution. Had a, we, had while question, we... we had a question, Emma, actually. Um, it did, just yeah. came in, uh, just from Ashraf. He's, he's asking, what's the difference between video and podcasting? So I guess we pretty much have answered that without actually seeing the question. Um, but I mean, actually, they can be the same, as I mentioned. So a lot of podcasting, you know, you record at the same time, put it up on YouTube or put it on your own website. Uh, and, and you obviously have a video and a podcast at that time. So even, for example, and it's something we haven't done, actually, and it's something we probably need to think about it, Amit. Um, but, but this, when we record through Zoom, we do this through Zoom. Um, they give you the option to just pull out the audio file as well. So you can actually right. just distribute this as a podcast. I think we've, we haven't done that in the past because we've generally had a slide to show. Um, and obviously when you're showing something or presenting something, it's difficult sometimes to relate that to the audio. Um, but that yeah. has an option as well. Actually, do you know what? You're, you're so right. Because I think the, the key to, I'd say, quality um, content production, I guess, is, is how much of that content can you use uh, across different channels, I guess, right? Yeah, yeah. I think the challenge that a lot of content marketers have is, the, you know, the cost of production, the time it takes. Um, obviously, we've all got, you know, day jobs and, and all of that yeah. kind of stuff. So, so if you can find a use where perhaps, you know, you are recording your video where you can pull the audio out. Now, suddenly you've got a video and a podcast um, yeah. or, you know, you're creating um, a blog article that you can then turn into an ebook. Again, you're getting, yeah. you're getting kind of, you know, much more kind of use of sort of content that you're creating, right? And, and most yeah. of that effort always goes in the, into that kind of you know, content sort of ideation and, and then, yes. you know, producing that. But if you can then start to, you know, leverage that content, maybe repackage it, you know, and, and then use it on different channels, I think it makes, uh, you know, suddenly it starts to become easier to, to really kind of, you know, leverage content and make it work for you, I guess, right? Um, yeah, there's even, there's even websites out there that will transcribe podcasts and video. Right. So basically you can take that, you know, video content. So from a video piece of content, you can transcribe it to create a blog on the back of it. And you can also take the audio file to have a podcast. So straight away, right. you've got three pieces of content um, from one activity, right? So, you know, repurposing that content, you know, and, and using other distribution methods. So obviously, sure. you know, the, the fact is that a lot of the time what we'll do is we'll kind of build out a content blueprint for uh, clients whereby, okay, well, not only are we looking at a content strategy, so what type of content do you want to create? Uh, what are the questions it's answering? Who's your audience you want to talk to, et cetera? But, but where are we going to distribute it? So, you know, is this going to live on LinkedIn or is this going to live on Twitter? Or is it going to be on your Facebook page or is it just going to live on your website? Um, and, and I think that, again, is, is just gives you the ability to test you know, you take that one piece of content and distribute it across all those different networks and you see what one kind of works, right? And then you try to play and you test and you manipulate and, and that's, that's important as well. Okay, cool. I mean, I think you touched on the distribution side of it there. So, you know, again, for people who are maybe wondering, okay, where do I get started? What should I be creating in terms of content? Should you start a distribution first rather than perhaps even creating content and then trying to figure out where it should go? I mean, what, what should be the kind of strategic approach to, you know, to this? Do you reverse yeah, engineer I mean, the distribution path and then, and then figure out what kind of content works or what would you do? 
I think, I think um, look, bare minimum is just to get yourself a blog in place, right? So I think most people have a website now. If they haven't got a website, they, they understand that they need one. Um, believe it or not, there still are uh, kind of companies out there that have just felt there's no need for one in the past, but now a lot of them are scrambling to get that up. Um, and, and really the, the blog component of that is, is where, you know, you do have the ability to update, you have the ability to produce content on a regular basis. So this isn't building out new web pages, coming up with, you know, new elaborate content to entice people. No, this is real genuine content that people want to digest. So I'd say okay. from a, from a web perspective, uh, from a, from a starting grid or starting point in, sorry, Formula One started this week. So Formula One's in my head. Um, but if you look at uh, a starting point, I think obviously, you know, blog is, is going to be one of those important pieces. Now, once you've got that in place, um, you can then decide where you want to distribute that blog. So it may be you want to put that up in articles on, on LinkedIn. You may want to put a post across to Twitter and Facebook and link it back to your website to drive some traffic back to your site. You may even want to throw some money at it. You may want to kind of amplify it and, and, and decide that this is really good. I want more people uh, to, to watch it. Now, obviously, you know, certain types of content resonates on, on other platforms more than, you know, let's say some other. So you wouldn't necessarily want to put a blog up on YouTube, right? Understandably, because no one's going to, no one's going to do it unless you're transcribing it or reading it. Um, so when it comes to the video content, the audio content, this is kind of where you then you need to start thinking about, or well, how can I, you know, create, uh, create some content on those channels. I think the thing is that we, especially when you look from a social perspective, um, we've, we've always been very passionate about trying to, you know, generate value from social. So not just, you know, social media to have social media or to have a vanity blog. Nothing is, nothing should be vanity driven. Everything should have a meaning. So, you know, if you, if you are writing content or producing content, video, audio, et cetera, um, you need to make sure even infographs, actually we, you know, infographs are content, right? Um, even if you're producing this, they, they should be customized uh, to where you're going to push it or promote it, right? Okay. I guess what I was trying to kind of push you into was talking about oh. audiences. But, uh, sorry, um... I, I just, I usually have a pretty good ability to read your mind, um, but, uh, <laughs> but obviously, clearly, I didn't, I didn't get that connection. Why don't, why don't you ask me a question again, Emmett? <laughs> I, I, I might do, yeah. So, so actually, let me, let me make it clearer. So, so basically when we're talking about sort of content distribution and creating content, yeah. should we yeah. be kind of looking at, you know, where these, you know, where your audiences live, you know, the audiences that are kind of relevant to your business and then kind of reverse engineer, you know, that content ideation and the content creation process. I mean, you, yeah, you know yeah, I, mean? Look, I mean, yeah, yeah. So I mean, a hundred percent, right. So, you know, the, and I think I touched upon it at the end there, even without uh, without realizing, but from vanity perspective, you know, you don't need to be out there producing content um, because you just fancy producing content. There should be a meaning behind it. Um, and usually that meaning is, is trained or focused on the individuals that you want to, you know, either attract or, or the individuals that you want to um, uh, basically start a conversation with. So, you know, you mentioned hotels previously, for example, um, you know, ideally the hotels want to be having conversations about what to do at the property, what to do in Dubai, um, how much does it cost to do X, how much does it cost to do Y, because they, they want to speak to, you know, families, couples, uh, yeah. you know, solo, solo travelers, essentially right at that beginning point. So it's, it's very important that you map out your audiences or your personas 
um, and understand what's going to resonate with those individuals. And also, you know, to change the style. I mean, we um, we had an insurance client uh, previously, if you remember, and and basically, depending on the audience, we we changed the content, um, the way that it was written. So, for example, it was an insurance, uh, health insurance group policy for for companies, uh, companies with 500 plus employees. That's what they were looking for. Uh, so the content piece in this scenario, uh, the the one was written for finance. So an audience of finance directors. Um, and it was very much about the cost of insuring your employees. Right. Um, you know, very focused on numbers, focused on kind of what, you know, what's the best policies. Um, but then the different audience from HR directors, um, different type of content. So what we were writing about was, you know, the, the value of providing good healthcare for your employees. Sure. You know, what's yeah. the employee benefit attached to that? So, so yeah, you're, you're hundred percent right. You know, you need to consider, um, I guess there's almost, you know, three things in there. You need to consider who you're speaking to, yeah. um, and the message you want to get across, obviously, where are those individuals going to live? Um, so, you know, for example, are you talking to a very young audience? Um, uh, is a young audience going to be on Facebook here in, in this part of the world? Mm, potentially not. Right. Um, so actually my content I'm producing for them, I may want to produce on a different platform, right? Like TikTok or snap, sure. um, and, and make sure that the right people see my content. Yeah. We've just, we've just had a question about this as well. Uh, thanks Rebecca. Um, but you know, if we're talking about, you know, companies who are starting out, where, where do they find, you know, these audiences? So, you know, you know, how do they, how do they kind of understand which platforms, you know, have audiences that are relevant to their business? I, I still think going back to, you know, lowest hanging fruit as far as search. Um, so I think looking at from, from a search perspective around your brand or your service or your product. So understand, I mean, if you even, there's some tools out there that allow you to kind of understand what search terms are being used, but even Google themselves, if you type in, for example, going back to the hotel, uh, hotel reference, you know, how much does a um, hotel, family hotel cost on the palm? If you type that in, you'll see the other search terms that people are also searching around there. So, you know, that could give you a good starting point. I mean, I think that's something that, you know, we countless meetings we've shown uh, clients, you know, that just by doing this, you can start to kind of realize um, some of some of these yeah. uh, questions. Just, I think just on an audience specific perspective. So, for example, um, you know, how, how does how does a company kind of really understand which audiences live on which platforms? I mean, is it is it a I don't know? Is it a common sense approach? Is it a test it and see approach? Um, you know, how 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 do people do that? Yeah, I mean, I think I think one of the one of the good things about you know, so if you look at it from a social perspective, and you look at the social platforms. Um, everyone, every single platform out there at the moment has a self provisioning element. So be it Google, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn. Um, they're all self-provisioning. So that meaning that all of you can open up an account um, and you can effectively, you know, almost build out like a test campaign. Now, when you start to build out those test campaigns, you, it gives you. So how many Facebook users there are, how many people from the ages of 20 to 30, how many, you know, on LinkedIn, for example, you can you can look at how many people I can target with IT in their job title, for example, yeah, with companies less than 2000. So I'd say that if people are looking to understand potentially where their audiences live, I'd say 
you know, jump on and look at running, not effectively even activating a campaign, but just going through that process to see actually the filtering that is available. Um, okay. Because obviously from a B2B perspective, LinkedIn is the, the dominant platform because it allows you to target by industry, by, um, you know, job title, by sector, et cetera, and company size. Um, whereas something, you know, like the likes of Facebook and Instagram is more based on, you know, kind of interest in some of those other things. Um, yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Thanks. No, I think, I think that's, that's important. I think let's, we've got about, I'd say 10 minutes, Andrew, but I think it'd be good yeah. to touch on, um, some of our story, you know, in terms of, yeah, yeah. What's worked um, for us. Yeah. You know, yeah. And, and I think, you know, as Andrew mentioned previously, we, you know, this isn't, you know, content marketing isn't new for us, obviously, you know, as an agency, so as, you know, a service that we provide, but yeah, we, we've always had a kind of practice, you know, practice what you preach uh, mentality within, within the company. Right. So it's always that yeah. we will try things first. We'll measure the impact if we feel as if it has, you know, potential benefits for others. That's where yeah. we'll start to kind of explore this, but you know, nothing, nothing that we do isn't kind of tried and tested previously. Right. So no, we're guinea pigs, very much guinea pigs. Yeah. And, and which is cool. I like that. I mean, so, so if we'd look at maybe March, perhaps let's start, you know, rather than talking about the last 15 years, if we, if we talk about, <laughs> you know, the last few months, um, yeah. you know, I think, I think that journey has been, been, uh, been really good. You know, it's been, it's, yeah. it's allowed us to do a lot. So maybe touch on that, Andrew. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I mean, I mean, effectively, you know, when, when everything hit, um, we, we doubled down on our content creation. Um, and that approach was across the board. So from a blog perspective, it was, um, you know, activating everyone in the Nexa family. So listen, guys, you know, things you want to talk about, um, get writing, um, you know, let's start, you know, getting some of that content out there, which, which we'd never really touched upon, um, previously. Um, so, so straight away it was activating the entire Nexa team to, to look at starting to produce content. Um, that could be used on on um, uh, a blog environment. As we said, we started to to build out some videos as well and put that in as well, um, based around some of the services that that we're doing. Um, we, I think, week one or two, we'd we'd already started um, uh, kind of aggressively creating content on LinkedIn, but we again doubled down on on that. Um, so, so basically, uh, that wasn't just us as Nexa, but it was the entire Nexa family again. So the content that we were producing, making sure that we were distributing it across the entire LinkedIn network. And to be quite frank and honest, from a social perspective as well, our focus has always been, um, you know, servicing clients first from their social requirements. We have a lot of clients who look after their social and sometimes, you know, our own social was neglected. Um, so that was a statement, you know, that we made very early on that was like, no, we're going to focus on our own social. We're going to make sure that our own Facebook is up to date, our own Instagram, uh, Twitter, everything is now, uh, kind of working and, and running effectively. So we're, we're treating ourselves as clients. And I think that's almost, you know, what we did, right? We just said, okay, if Nexa is, at, is, is, is a client, what would we do for, for that client? Um, sure. yeah, sorry. Yeah, which, 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 yeah, which I think summarizes it nicely. I, th I think just to go a little bit deeper, um, we, uh, like many companies, we were, we, we cut our marketing budget, uh, immediately, even though we kind of preached to our clients that they perhaps shouldn't do that. Um, but we, we kind of looked at it and said, look, we're not really sure what's going on from a kind of, 
you know, uh, economy perspective, yeah. uh, you know, how many people are kind of out there ready to purchase our products or services. These were kind of unknowns, like, you know, the, yes. sort of the impact of COVID yeah. here. Um, but what we did do is we leveraged uh, free, just free distribution. And what, and what we also do, obviously, like you said, you know, by, by kind of enabling people within our organization to create content. And again, what we wanted to do is create content that was helpful to others, right? This yeah. wasn't, again, sales content. This was very kind of informative how-tos. Uh, you know, even, I mean, we, we started writing about things which, were in, which had no relevance to digital marketing at all, for example, right? Yeah. You know, we were trying to kind of understand the psychology behind, you know, people's support processes, what their mindsets yeah. were. Um, you know, we partnered with uh, clients and partners to create content. Yeah. Um, and, and all of that was really kind of uh, powerful, but actually we spent no money. And I think what was really yeah. interesting is it allowed us to kind of understand, okay, well, look, you know, we're, we're not spending a penny on kind of distributing this content, mm. but actually what impact does it have on our kind of overall visibility? Yeah. And, and, I, and I guess it was a step-by-step -step procedure because we started to see, uh, you know, the impact of some of that content very quickly, um, you know, certainly from a kind of website traffic perspective. So, you know, the fact that we were creating new content made us more interesting in the eyes of Google because, you know, we saw, we saw an immediate lift in, in, in our sort of search visibility. I think the second thing that happened is that additional traffic that came onto the website, you know, we saw that conversions were not at the same rate, but what we did realize very quickly is there was still a lot of people in that research phase, right? So they might not be yeah. ready to buy right now, but look, if that, you know, research phase takes six months because of what's going on around us, so be it, right? Fine. Yeah. It's still better that they're researching in our house as opposed to someone else's. Exactly. Um, and then I, I think it was it was on the it was on the impact of that where we even said, okay, well, actually, great. You know, we are creating content. This is working for us. Our search visibility is is extremely high. Our overall brand visibility was was very yeah, high. Elevated. Yeah. Um, and then we said, okay, what else can we do? And and I guess where we did start spending money was essentially um, investing in you know Zoom webinar. Right, in terms yes. of the additional yeah. license yeah. related to that. Right? Yeah. But again, that sort of, you know, $49 a month or $149 a month, which I think yeah. we, up, we upgraded to the, the, the bigger version, yeah. um, it was still a relatively small investment. And, and, and I guess from a kind of, again, webinar perspective and, and, you know, the growth show and how that kind of originated, again, it was with the same mindset, right? In terms of- Yeah, totally. It was, it was very much, um, yeah, non-salesy, non um, I think very real. So the whole point was that what we wanted to do is we wanted to have a show. We didn't want to, you know, necessarily do what others were doing. And and there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, but what we saw was it was very much, if you do this, you get this. Um, and that wasn't really the approach we wanted. We wanted more of a conversational style. We wanted a very real uh, show and, and essentially, you know, good quality content that people could prefer to over time. So there may be some things obviously that we spoke about two months ago, um, that they're not as relevant today uh, as they were. However, there's still value in that content. Uh, so, so obviously, yeah, the the, the growth show. Uh, I think he's. I mean, I, I think it's it's also just you know a, a direction. So effectively, it wasn't everything that we approached wasn't okay. We'll do this, you know, while COVID's on, or or we'll kind of just you know do this for a couple of months. The the commitment um, has actually increased. So as far as content is being produced now from us and, and the whole Nexa family is, is the most it ever has. 
you know, in, in, in recent history. So, I mean, going back 15 years. So, and even when we started our inbound journey seven years ago, so we're producing more content daily than we ever have. Um, yeah. You know, and, and obviously a large part of that is because of the results, right? As you mentioned, you know, there's an increase in traffic, there's an increase in visibility. Um, and we know that, you know, when we, when we kind of meet people, uh, no, we know Nexa, we've done the research, we, we understand, you know, we, we, they're coming to us um, saying that we want to work with you. So obviously this, this has that impact um, and we, we've seen it. And that's, I guess that's why we're so passionate about it, right? Yeah. I mean, that's really and it goes back to that education piece, you know, because we're not trying to sell, we're trying yeah. to help, right? And educate. Exactly. And yeah, and I think that's it. So people are obviously going, you know, out there looking at our content, seeing seeing yeah. the kind of style of that content and and and, and relating until, to and, it. Yeah. I, think it's I mean, until the yeah. point where we start selling digital growth show merchandise, right? Merch. So next week I might have up on here, like, you know, you can buy some caps and stickers and right. stuff like that. <laughs> like bumper stickers. Well. <laughs> okay. Maybe yeah, maybe we can use your silhouette, right? But anyway. Yeah. Um, we both got our favicons, right? So, I mean, we've obviously, you know, bounced around and darted around, you know, the value and we've obviously seen that value, Amit, but do you actually want to show kind of everyone really what that value has meant to us? Yeah. So, so guys, I think, you know, one of the key points here is just measurement and ROI, because I think the biggest challenge um, internally, and even, even here, right, to justify our investment in content marketing, I think would be very difficult if we weren't able to draw a straight line between the content we produce and the revenue exactly. generates. And, and I think the, the thing is, you know, companies I get, I guess, get confused as to, okay, look, I can create these blog articles, but what does it actually, you know, what does it do? Yeah. Um, but the tools today exist that allow you to do exactly that and measure, you know, precise, um, you know, revenue metrics, for yeah. very specific pieces of content. And, and what we thought we'd do is just show you, for example, the impact of, um, of the growth show for, for Nexa, right? Because, because obviously this was something that was new to us in terms of we hadn't ever launched a webinar. Um, yeah. We weren't sure what the impact of it would be, but you know, it, it fell in line with you know, us wanting to kind of help people and continue that. So, so you yeah. know, strategically it was good. But actually it was nice to see um, this. I'm sharing the screen now. But we're, we're in, this is episode nine now, right? That's right, yeah. And, and, and already we've been able to see, and again, this is HubSpot, guys. So, you know, again, tools like this just make this whole process really easy. You know, yeah. so the fact that we can just go on, look at the analytics for one specific page, but we can actually see now that, you know, in the last eight weeks, so this is week nine, um, yeah. eight deals have been influenced by our growth shows. These are people who either watch the show, uh, whether they watch it live or whether they go back and watch it, these are people who have, has, that have sort of consumed our content and the impact of this can be calculated from a revenue perspective, right? And we're talking about sort of, you know, attributing revenue to this specific source of, you know, source of content. Yeah. And, um, and, and, you know, for, from our perspective, I think when we both saw this, we were really surprised because <laughs> even if it was, uh, even if it was zero, we, we'd still be fine because we, we yeah. you know, because we're helping people. But the fact that we can now see that, look, in, in, in a relatively short space of time, you know, you know, for those of you not in the UAE, that sort of equates to uh, $15,000, $16,000 $15, yeah. 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 Um, which is great, you know, and again, it's, it's good to see that, you know, A, it works as a kind of strategy for Nexa. Um, yeah. But also, I'm, I'm, I'm really interested to see how that number 
grows and develops over the next maybe year or two, right? Yeah, because exactly, this yeah. might, this, you know, this, you know, 149 sort of dollar a month investment in Zoom, yeah. you know, and, you know, the time obviously we spend kind of preparing and then hosting the show. Yeah. I mean, it'll be, it'll be super interesting to see, you know, what the actual ROI of that is. How they right? stack up, and, uh, exactly. Yeah, and, and, and so, so I, think, I think guys, you know, if you've got a commitment, you know, to try and understand the power of content, um, and really kind of attribute a, a you know, dirham dollar or, or kind of pound value to that content. You know, there's, yeah. there's all these tools that exist. You don't even need HubSpot. There's, there's other tools that do, you know, kind of similar, similar kind of things, but definitely kind of worth bearing in mind and, and maybe set targets, right? Maybe say to yeah. yourself, look, I'm going to, I'm going to engage in this. I'm going to commit to it. And actually I want to measure the ROI of this in six months. And this is what I'm aiming for. Because I yep. think that changes the whole dynamic of what you do from a content creation perspective, uh, content strategy perspective, um, you know, and, and I just think it's super important. And, and, you know, for those of you who kind of watch this, you know, perhaps you're looking for jobs now or, you know, you're, you're looking at maybe a changing career. The value of content marketers, I just feel, is just going to increase more and more because now that people can attribute money back, it, I think for me, it's a bit of a game changer, right? You know, Completely. the fact that you can go, you know, and yeah, it's, it's beautiful. I mean, and, and the ROI thing is going to be huge, you know, because you, yeah. if you're not talking about, you know, the investment in media and all of these things that, you know, typical kind of marketers do, if you can just yeah. create quality, ongoing and organic content um, and yeah. really kind of commit to that process, uh, you know, it's the ROI figures will be huge. Yeah, yeah. And I think, as you said, what's nice is we're now looking at that revenue attribution across our entire content range. So, you know, the blogs that we're producing, trying to understand, okay, um, what's the impact? How has it helped, you know, either close a deal um, or what's been its influence? And obviously, you know, dirham or dollar value associated to it, you know, I mean, obviously, yeah. Now, now this is now this is making money. We can we can take a salary right as as hosts um, as the uh, as digital growth show hosts. <laughs> um, but I, honestly, the, the digital growth show. You know, when we sat down, the partners sat down, and we were kind of bouncing around some ideas. Um, we never envisaged that that it would have a had a had a positive dirham impact on the business. I think is you know at the time it was just a part of that content strategy, part of building out content making sure that we were adding value and, 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 and basically talking about what we've been up to, what clients have been up to, what's working for them, um, you know, and, and more importantly, just adding value, right? Um, so, you know, it's a bonus now that, that obviously this starts to, starts to influence, uh, influence people. And again, that goes back to, you know, we've made a decision not to gate the content as well. So, so for us, you know, it's completely ungated, the content. You can come and watch all the previous episodes um, on here, you don't necessarily have to sign up. Um, you know, we, we've, we've kind of deliberately made it open, right? Yeah, absolutely. Andrew, I think let's leave it there. I think we're good. Happy days. Thank okay. you very much. Guys, thank you very much for, for uh, tuning in. Um, you know, it's always, again, this keeps us going, the fact that you guys, you know, do tune in week after week. We, we, I feel as if we've got a kind of regular following of people, of core people that, that tune in every single week and it's always great to see your names. Um, the only challenge with that is if, uh, if you don't tune in next week, we're going to be kind of going, what do we do to upset them? So, um, so please just, you know, just so we yeah. don't have kind of blind, blind panics, um, 
Yeah, keep tuned, <laughs> guys. Look, we, we, anything that you want to contribute with between now and next week, uh, you know, send through questions. We've got a, I, I think we're looking at a very kind of different kind of show next week, Andrew, right? Much more. Yeah, yeah. Much yeah, more kind of more of a more of an open forum so so obviously yep. we've we've spoken a lot about different topics over the last uh, nine weeks here so we had that three week uh, you know bounce of hubspot prior to that we've spoken about kind of e-commerce and sales marketing etc um we, we had obviously uh, you know paul bridger a special guest who was in talking about going back to work in the hospitality and uh, travel industry so Next, this next week, we what we want to do is, you know, from from all of you guys out there, we want to kind of hear any questions. Um, so it could be anything, right? Um, you know, anything that you really want to kind of understand. Maybe a new business, as you said, that you have an idea. Um, you know, we'll anon anonymize it. So this isn't something that obviously we're going to say. Uh, if you want to, we can anonymize some of these questions. But we really want to start again, going back to helping people. What you know, what can we what can we look at as specific scenarios? So what we'll do is we'll take all of those uh, kind of inquiries during the week, and we'll just pick a select few. Um, you know, towards uh, towards the end of uh, end of the week, and then next week we'll we'll kind of run through those. Yeah, and 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 obviously in the live show as well. Any questions you've got, tell you know, yeah. tell us what your you know what question you have. Give us some more context. You know, is it about your business specifically? Is it, a, is it an industry specific question? Yeah. Um, but yeah, we're happy to take live questions, throw them at us and, and uh, you know, we'll do the best that we can to kind of give you, um, you know, give you kind of more insights and, and, and really kind of try and help, I guess, more than anything else. Uh, yeah. Perfect, we've already, we've already got uh, questions coming in. So I love that, thank you so much. And yeah, I'm very cool. take a copy of that. Yeah, that's brilliant. Thank you guys. So look, we'll see you guys next week, and um, yep. yeah, in the meantime, you know, stay safe and and um, and yeah, stay well. Thanks, Andrew. You take yep. care as well. Have a good. Thanks, Emmett. Have a good week, everyone. Cheers. Bye.